0: Today's episode with Jessica Hurley feels very meta for me because without Jessica, the co-founder of Epic Media Network, there really wouldn't be a hard cost with me. And meeting Jessica in early 2023 really changed so many things as you'll hear us discuss in the conversation today. When I first met Jessica, I didn't actually know she was a podcaster or a podcast manager or the co-founder of a podcast network at all. I simply knew that she was hosting an event that happened to be in my city on a weekend where I happened to be free. I signed up for innovative income with nobody to attend with, no concept of the people I was about to meet, and very low expectations. And I share that because my expectations were exceeded, not just at the event, But in the people that I met at the event, in some of the aha moments I took away, and in the confidence that I had to reach out to Jessica after the event and ask her to partner with me as I really cast a vision for this podcast and for the stories that I wanted to tell. And Jessica and I talk about that event here at the beginning of our conversation. It was an event called Innovative Income. It happened to be in Tampa, Florida. And again, when I attended, one of the big takeaways I had, as you'll hear us discuss, is that I could have confidence that being a strong, ambitious, driven, outgoing, outspoken leader did not mean that I couldn't also be vulnerable and honest and authentic and fun It didn't mean that I couldn't cry. It didn't mean that I could share what I was going through and hard costs, the name, the concept, the conversations that I'm having today really was born out of what planted a seed at that event and later took shape in my conversations with Jessica And what I especially loved about this conversation with Jessica is that we had the opportunity to talk not only about the podcast business and her journey to co-founding a massive media empire, a podcasting network that I'm a very, very proud member of, but everything that led her to the decision to grow this particular part of her life, even when it meant saying no, and putting a stop to other things. Some things that were, by all intents and purposes, going well. Stopping things that were bringing in money. Were bringing in demand from clients. And hearing some of the very personal, traumatic, painful, hard costs that Jessica has experienced over the last few years and understanding how she in turn used them as fuel and as fire for casting a new vision. It meant so much to me in our conversation, and I trust that it's going to have the same impact and effect on you as well. I found particularly interesting in this conversation what Jessica shared about the -the behind-the-scenes challenges of being a strong team leader, what it looks like and what it feels like and what it is like, when you are experiencing the highest of high successes and still struggling to be profitable, what it feels like to be driving a culture of acceptance and authenticity and optimism, and still expecting your team to operate at the very highest level. And as you'll hear Jessica share, particularly toward the tail end of our conversation, she's still in some of that figuring it out phase even as she's made a pivot, even as she's released some things that were no longer serving her, released people that were no longer serving her, working through different opinions of whether she was making the right decisions or not. She's still in that figuring it out, messy middle phase. And I took so much solace and so many aha moments in what she shared. And I can't wait for you to listen And I can't wait to hear your feedback. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jessica Hurley. Welcome to Hard Costs, the podcast. I'm your host, Katie Widrick, fractional CMO and funnel fixer. And guess what? I'm good in a crisis and I know how to see through the chaos to find clarity. That's something I've learned from working behind the scenes as a strategic partner for visionary CEOs. I'm on a mission to bring founders to the forefront and to tell the truth about the hard costs of doing business. You know, we all see wins shared on social media highlight reels every day, but what we don't often get a glimpse into are the tough times, the lost revenue, hiring and firing, moments that required major pivots, and so much more. On Hard Costs, we're bringing forward the stories that will help you understand that the roller coaster ride you're on is all part of the gig. And just like a roller coaster, the founder journey can be pretty thrilling. Take a listen while I share my own experiences, case studies from companies I've worked with, and I'm joined by some of my favorite founders to help you navigate this storm the right way. Now let's rise together. Jessica, rich in real life herself. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for
1: having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you for being a part, not only of this episode, but of my journey. I shared a little bit in the intro how I came to find you and then basically begged you to work with me. (laughs) You were so accommodating and so lovely. But it's been really interesting because many of the guests that I've had so far on this season... I've been longtime colleagues of mine. You know, I've known them for years. I knew their backstories. So when I was asking them questions about their life, it was really like hearing it again or hearing a new perspective. But you are special to me because you are somebody that I had been watching and I felt so attracted to your energy. And I just said, I need I need to work with Jess. I need her to help mold and shape me and take my vision to life. And it has been so incredible being able to do that with you over these last few months. I'm
1: delighted to hear your story, which is in large part going to be new to me. Wow, I didn't even think about it like that. But you've got all the you've got all the pieces that make successful viral necessary content, and that's what I, we pride ourselves in. Is like supporting creators from a, a a mass media side. It's like. I was just telling my business partner the other day, like we're not for everybody, but what we really do is support the thought leader, the woman with a wealth of knowledge to share with the world. That's already like, it's this line right here for the woman that's already doing the work in the world. And is just finding more ways to translate it online. And you truly care about the position that you've held your network, the people that you've worked with, and the things that you've gotten to see behind the scenes and not to be able to point fingers or play victim or anything, but to be able to say to other founders, uh FYI, this shit is very normal. This hard stuff is <laughs> yeah. very normal. And I think that's why your podcast is so important because it's transparent. It's vital that well- people understand this is a roller coaster ride.
0: I, I love that. And, you know, again, I shared a little bit in the intro, but one of the things that I really wanted to dig in with you, and I think what my my guess, not knowing your entire timeline, is that where I kind of found you is sort of, I mean, it, we're in, we're all in the middle of it, right? That's, that's what life is. But it feels to me like I had the opportunity to hear you share in early 2023 what was happening in your business and in your life at the moment. And even then, Jess, I really felt like I could – you were sort of healing from some experiences, some of them traumatic, some of them just like they, they had to happen so that you could figure out what you wanted to do and what you didn't want to do. And even then you were casting this big vision. And so I'm talking to you almost a year after the fact. So I want to start in the middle and then I want to go back in time and forward in time. So when I first heard you and your business partner speak at an event in Tampa, Florida, this was, you had recently announced this was the last time you were going to be doing this event, (laughs) right? This has been something that you've been doing for years. And I remember thinking, oh man, of course this is, I find them now and now they're ending this. But talk to me a little bit about what that transition was. What was the business? What had it been? What was your vision for what would come next? And and talk to me just about kind of 2023 when you started, what was life looking like?
1: Yeah. So I love what that you just pointed this out because it reminded me I saw this post today online that was like so the photos pixelated post it so you post so you hosted the event and 12 people came do it anyway like so you feel like you don't know what you're doing do it anyway like everybody has to start somewhere and i think you were introduced to us at innovative income which is the annual women's event that we had been doing since 2018 so i just want to put that in perspective you met us in 2023 We'd been doing that event since 2018, and the first time we ever did it, there were 12 women there, and we charged $30 a ticket, and we were probably $600 in the negative just to be able to provide dinner at the event, Um, and that was in my figure it out phase, and so I'll point out my first lesson of this episode is I really think there is a figure it out phase. In every part of your business, because I still have figured out phases in my business. But this was literally me meeting someone that I was connected with on a blind friend date, which these are a thing. And we were like, I had always wanted to do a woman's event. But every time I thought about the grueling idea of the cost of a venue, I was like, I can't afford this. It's crazy. And then I met this woman and she was like, I've always wanted to do a woman's event, but I don't, I'm not connected to community like that. And I was like, I have tons of community. Like I can do that. That's easy. I was like, but we can't afford a venue. And she's like, oh, I have tons of connects. We can get a venue. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, collaboration is key. Like there are things that you think are impossible in business that are flip it over second of a day, matter of a phone call for other people. And that's why we collaborate. We're so much more powerful when we can connect resources. And so when her and I were able to connect resources, we threw an event three months later after we met. Like I put an ad on my podcast, which was pretty popular at the time already in 2018. And we had 12 women show up, you know, and that's not shit. But let me tell you in 2023, there were 200 women there. And then imagine this at the pinnacle of what everyone else sees saying, Hey, you had to have made hundreds and th- hundreds and thousands of dollars from this event. This event is massive. It's at a hotel that probably costs you guys 10 or 20 grand and then you're done. Why? This is the dream. This is the dream. And I will lend into the second lesson of that, which is man, if you're going to run a business, if you're going to run a business, listen to me when I say this, y'all, if you're going to run a business, you better learn to trust yourself and your intuition relentlessly. Because I, to this day, know I made the right decision. I don't ever look back and think that that wasn't it. We had mentors come out of the woodwork that were like, you idiots, you could have made a million dollars that day. You could have sold a million. There were people boo-hoo crying. You could have played on their emotions, sold them something for $20,000, and you two would have been rich beyond, you're saying you need a break, but you could have made enough money to have a break. And it was like, no, no, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. And so you better learn to trust your intuition relentlessly on your journey of entrepreneurship because it will take you on so many twists and turns. You will build the thing and realize that that is not it. You will fail and get back up. You will do all the things and be like, this is not the feeling that I anticipated at the end of the outcome. And then you'll go do something else or you'll do something and think that's the biggest thing you can do. And then you'll get there and realize that it was a corner piece of the lot. And God was like, I was actually trying to give you the lot. And you thought this was the goal? No, this is the stepping stone. I'm going to give you the whole football field. So this was just a piece. So you get to the goal and you're like, oh, it's like someone took you outside and you're like, oh, wait, there's more. And so just
0: what type of what type of conviction though, just does it require if you you are reflecting now on what you know. You know what happened in the months after that decision. You know what you've been able to do and accomplish and also dream. But in the moment when you've got mentors and people that you respect saying to you, girl, you're crazy, like what type of conviction does it require for for you to hold on to that intuition? Was that ever challenged? Did you ever question whether your intuition was right or if you were misreading the signs?
1: This is so funny. And this is where I say, this is the one part where I'm like, I don't know. This is like probably going to be the most controversial thing I say. I don't know if people are ever going to be lucky enough to have the friend and business partner that I have. Because one thing that we admire so much about each other is we don't, this just happened three days ago. We don't have to explain shit to each other. Like I made a decision and then I didn't tell her. And then three weeks later, I said, hey, we were in the car randomly. I said, Hey, I just want you to know I didn't do that thing because intuitively I felt like it wasn't time. And she was like, I knew that. I trust your intuition. I wasn't going to ask. And so when we both made that decision, it took one of us to say it. And then the other one was like, Oh my God, that's what it is. We don't like doing this anymore. And the conviction was like, why does this feel like hell? And that's going to be so hard for somebody listening to that went to that event because it was amazing, but planning, it wasn't fun anymore. It was, we weren't excited about the content anymore. It, we did everything last minute. Like we would go into the planning phases and be like, Oh, not right now. This doesn't feel like there was no clarity. And it was because it was like, we're kind of done serving Mm -hmm. this audience. And that Mm -hmm. goes back to a lesson I had to acknowledge within myself was that I spent two years on my podcast talking about and taking radical responsibility for my healing journey. And I think in that process, and this is no offense to anyone else, I took a lot of people on that were in the same situation. And so those were a lot of the people that we attracted at the event. And then you fast forward two years later and like, let me be very clear. I'm still healing. I'm still healing. There's so much more work to do, but I have moved on and transcended from so much of that, that I could tell our audience had not. And it was like, this thing needs a rebrand so that we can love it the way we love business. There's something bigger and we both felt it. And it was like, well, if there's all these Okay, so we say we're so busy and we can't do this thing and we have this big vision which was the podcast network and we want to go together on this and there's all these things in the way. Well, what are the things in the way? And we wrote them all down. Well, I have a kid. Well, you have a relationship and you want to get married. Well, we have two businesses. Well, we have innovative income. And when we looked at the percentage of time where we were spending everything, it was like, yeah, innovative income's got to go. It can come back. If it matters that much and people love it that much, it will run its term again. We'll rebrand it, brand it, we'll redo it, we'll serve the hell out of that audience. And I'll end with this, and you know this. It's cool to do all the things, but don't do, don't do impactful work that requires you to service people on an intimate level when your cup is half empty. And we both knew we were empty. It was almost like we were like, it, none of this matters because we both need a year to press the reset button.
0: Yeah. And I love that you shared that because, you know, you talk about energy attracting energy and, you know, I found you, I also feel like not just this event, but the people that I met and in particular you through that event, it felt meant because I had just been coming out of this really deep spiral into burnout Mm -hmm. in a corporate experience that had not, it had ended with a lot of trauma, I went from feeling very confident about myself and my career aspirations, my ability to parent my, all of these things to like bottom basement level of confidence. And I showed up at this event, truly not knowing what I was even going to do with my business. I was really reworking everything. Mm. And so I paid the money. I was like, I don't even know these girls. Like I just (laughs) got an ad. I was like, that looks pretty, like the event looks fire. The branding's beautiful. I'm, it's in my backyard. I'm going to go. And um, you cried on stage. I remember you getting emotional, and I was deeply appreciative of it because I had come up through this feeling like, if I'm going to be fierce and confident and a leader and authoritative and all of these things, then I can't show emotion. I can't. I can't feel the emotion. And you had this, not just you, your speakers, your guests, your panel were all so open. And I remember in particular, one of you mentioned just kind of flippantly like, oh yeah. And I go to EMDR and I was like, but I go to EMDR. Like I didn't know, I didn't know I had other women who were working with therapists and who were diving into the trauma and There was something really, for me, impactful where I was like, I was supposed to be in that room, even to hear that expression of like, you can, these two things can be held at the same time. You can be strong and ambitious and, uh, you know, forceful in who you are and still be working on yourself. And so you talked about this healing journey. You talked about some of the trauma. I know you've really shared transparently on your own podcast Can you just share a little bit about what your earlier experiences were and how they have led you to making some of the decisions and choices that you have been making in in the last few years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love what you just said because if there was ever a stance I was gonna put a flagpole in, it's that. Is like, I am so it's so funny he says because I attract women like this all the time. It's like I see these women that are, and I'm let me be clear, I am I am guilty of it as well. Is I know the effects of hyper-independent work through it. Like I've done enough work to know the effects that this has on the body. It is tremendous. We don't operate the way that men do, and when we try, it takes a toll and it doesn't mean that we can't i want to be super clear that we can let me ladies we can spin the block on a few men let me be clear like i was just talking to someone about this and i was like i don't mean to be sexist but i feel like every woman on my team is running laps around the men but here nor there <laughs> like but it's not that we can't but that when we can there's a version of us that emerges when we are like this in business that struggles to show up in other places as a mom in relationships in partnership, in connection, in intimacy—like I don't know about y'all, but I, when I am too far, am I doing? I literally see it affect everything else. It affects my body. It affects my ability to be present. It affects my ability to be creative. It affects everything. Like I'm like, oh, I'm being short-tempered t- and angry with my son. Oh, my lower back hurts. Oh, I didn't pick up on anything that just happened because I was so in my head. This is all from that leader level of performance that says that we can't be both. And I am on a train to be like, that's not the case. I will cry. And then I will lead us all there. Like, and be okay with that because I am a woman. Hear me roar does not mean that I'm getting off the ladder. It means that I'm roaring and I'm crying and I protect, I'm protecting the people I love and I'm protecting myself all while leading the tribe. Period. Period. And what that was something I had to learn about myself the hard way because in 2021, I was just given the separation that I never expected. I was in a seven-year partnership with a partner that I thought was a partner of my dreams. I had found myself as an entrepreneur in that. Um, we had a child together who was our miracle baby. Like He almost didn't make it. He was born a pound, 12 ounces. He was a micro preemie. Um, we just went through hell and back together. I met him when I was 24. He forced me in the best way. Like I did this episode on my podcast when we were still together and it was called I Found Myself Through You. And he just forced me in the best way to find the most powerful version of me um, as an entrepreneur and a leader. And so I quit my job halfway through the relationship and became an entrepreneur and it went really well. I We got together in 2014. I became an entrepreneur in 2019. And by, 2020, by 2019, we were engaged to be married, had a one-year-old, and life was great. And we had the house of our dreams and everything. And by 2021, we were in the midst of our separation before we got married. And I never, like I can truly say, like I can look back and highlight all the red flags and all the things, but I never saw it coming. And that was the spin out. That was the spin out. That was the rock bottom. And there were two big things that happened. There was a ton of big things that happened, but there were two that I remember right after the breakup that made things really clear for me. I was sitting on the couch. It was so bad for a couple months that I remember I could work a couple hours and then I would go on the couch and I would close the blinds and I would sleep and cry and sleep and cry and set an alarm to when I had to go pick my son up from school and that was it. That was how I functioned for a long time. And I remember hearing one day I had two high performance coaches that I was paying because my business was taking off. And I texted them both in the same day and I was like, "Hey, I have to let you go." And one of them, I remember, the other one said, "I completely understand. You're going through a lot, blah blah." The other one called me and said, "Hey, I just want to make sure you're not making an emotional decision. Let let me just ask you this without you getting offended, but I was offended. He said, Do you think that's a good idea because you tend to be indecisive and you're already losing your partner who played a big role in you being an entrepreneur. And now there's me who you're letting go. So there's a possibility that you could really mess this up or spin out without having anyone to help you make good decisions. Well, I'm an Aries. So that was all I needed (laughs) to be like, okay, watch this. I don't need anyone. Get the fuck out of here. And whether he meant it, whatever he meant by it, I didn't take it well. I was like, okay, goodbye. No, you took it
0: perfectly. I'm going to push yeah, back I, on you. You took it exactly as you were intended to take it. That was the fire and the kick in the ass that you needed. That was the fire. Up.
1: I was like, I'm picking myself back up. That's done. And then the other piece was I had been podcasting at that point since 2018. So my podcast was my foundation. 2019, I started a business with it. It really took off. And now we're here we are at 2021. I've never skipped an episode. 4 years I've never skipped an episode. And this breakup comes and I don't record content for 6 weeks. I don't have anything to wow. say. And this was when I knew something mattered was because I got a DM, I got a message on Facebook from a girl that said, "Hey, are you okay?" Like, I've just been checking the podcast. and There's nothing like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay. I'm coming back. That was a one-off. Then two days later, I got a, a DM on Instagram. This girl was like, hey, what's up, girl? Like, we're looking for the content. I feel like I, every day I do know what's going on. I'm checking in. Like, and then I got another, and then another. And then it was like 10 messages of different women. Like, hey, you okay? Like, I'm kind of, I kind of live by this podcast and you're MIA. Like, are you coming back? Like, what's going on? And then. My ex called me and said, hey, I got people asking me where the fuck you're at. Wow. And I was like, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't, I don't have anything to say. And he was like, well, if there's anything, and I got to give him credit for this to this day. He said, if there's anything you've ever taught me that the way that you utilize and share your voice, omission is the same thing as lying. So you need to share and I was like, well, if I share newsflash, that puts you in the middle of a mess because you're part of this. And he said, well, I'm willing to throw myself under the bus to make sure you go, you you put yourself back on the place that you're supposed to be in. And he said, so let's just tell them. And I was like, what? And he was like, I'll record my part of the episode and I'll tell the truth and I want you to listen to it. And then you can record your part and you put out an episode and you tell everybody exactly what happened. And I'll be damned if like 24 hours later he sent it to me and it was the most honest, vulnerable, shitty thing I had ever heard. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. I've shared my life up until this point for four years, my journey, every stinking piece of it. This is the only way I'm going to tell, this is the only way I'm going to be able to move on because I, I wasn't talking because I was like, I'm going to sound like I'm throwing a pity party. I'm going to sound like nobody wants to hear this shit. And I, we did the episode and that went, my podcast literally climbed back up the charts because there were so many people that were like, I'm going through this. And my husband's not willing to talk about it. Nobody's talking like this. Nobody's talking about dealing with problems and relationships and marriages that you can't find a solution to. Like you're just stuck. And that these are very real, and this doesn't make either one of you shitty people. You just you're at the dying vine of like, we got to make a decision. And that that inspired me to pick back up the pieces and that every part of the journey is worth sharing. Like, even when people come to me now and they're like, Oh, I don't want to teach people how to do this until I'm really, really good at it. And I'm like, why not share while you're doing it?
0: Yeah build the plane while you're flying it. And that I I say that to a lot of CEOs that I'm working with. And even in the early days of this revamp podcast that I'm now releasing with your support, the feedback that I've been getting is not, Oh my gosh, that CEO had it made amazing. That's the blueprint. It was thank you for bringing someone on who talked about what it was like to be the daughter of immigrants and this different, you know, uh, push that she had to succeed. Thank you for bringing that person on who talked about having a million dollar year and making no money. Thank you. You know, those stories, I just, and I find myself so attracted to those stories too, because the more that you do this, whether it's approaching it transparently and honestly in your personal life, your professional life, a blend, which I think most of us are. Um, you know you realize that the thing that makes all of us interesting and resilient and somebody to cheer for is not that we had it easy but it's that we didn't have it easy and the choices that we made during those hard times I just find them so relatable it's why i'm I'm so thankful for people like you sharing that because the other thing too and and I want to transition a little bit into, What you're working on now and your big vision for what's next is, you know, so we hear this, you're going through all of this while you're running multiple businesses, you have this change in your life with your relationship, you go through the next stage, you have this change in your business relationship, you then cast the next big vision. And you've really, from my perspective, gone all in, not just on podcasting, podcasting as a vehicle, but on creator stories, creator journeys. Like how do we amplify someone's voice? How do we amplify someone's impact? So what is it about this medium for you as a podcaster and also somebody who's now helping the next generation of podcasters? What is it about this medium, this storytelling type of platform that speaks to you?
1: Oh my God. Okay. So it, it all happened by accident. And this is the part that I love about entrepreneurship is like, I, lo- I always say, I love when like you go to an event and there's someone on stage explaining how like, I had a lemonade stand and a t-shirt selling business since I was 12. And I've always been an entrepreneur. And I'm always like, ha, I've never been that. I'm always like just providing solutions to problems. And people are like, that's great. And then I'm like, oh, that's a business. Like, I didn't know I was just trying to fix a problem. And all it was, was just I wanted my podcast to be better. So I listened to other podcasts. Then I became, I did a TEDx speech in 2018 and I started following Brene Brown and I became obsessed with this storytelling arc of like, I was like, that was such a profound way to tell a story. Like I felt every bit of that. And then when I would listen to stories and when I could feel it and I could feel their feelings and just be empathetic and to the whole experience, I was like, I want everything I do on my podcast to feel that way. And then I would meet people that would tell me their stories and about how they felt like they could do that. And I realized I'm not the only person that can do this. And I speak to a very particular group of folks, but I meet other people that can speak to a very different particular group of folks. And I just had this aha moment one day where I was like, I'm helping all these podcast clients and I'm sitting on a gold mine because I started learning that like I would have women that would be like, I went to this conference and I sat next to these girls and realized you do all three of our podcasts and we didn't even know. And I was like, huh, nobody knows who works with me. I could be selling advertisements for them in, in groups because I attract the same type of women mm-hmm. by nat- by nature. So I was like, how can I make them all? Because when they would ask me the questions, I would genuinely want to know how to answer them is like, well, how do I get more listeners? And how can I market myself more places? And how can I be more attractive to my listeners? And how can I get them to share more? And And I was like, I would genuinely want to know the answers. And then I was like, wow, the answers are the same for all of them. And they all attract similar people. They're all attracting whoever they were three to five years ago, which are all pretty much mm-hmm. the same group of folks. So I was like, how can I sell this in a package deal? And how can I take these women that have these pro?" found origin stories and are doing some of the most incredible work. That's my favorite part is when I meet, cause now we have the blessed opportunity of turning people down. Like, I'm like, that's not where you're, you're not, it is not to lessen anyone, but it's that when I hear what people are doing, I'm like, okay, you might not be in this space to work with us yet because I know who fits in this beautiful puzzle with us is women that are just like, I'm like, you've been doing this you're doing incredible work. You're doing transformative work. You're doing purposeful work. You're doing things that are changing lives. And you can speak to an aspect of it that I could never speak to. Sorry, but fractional CMO, (laughs) everything I do in my business, I learn the hard way. So I could never speak to that. I don't speak from a logical standpoint. I'm a very emotional, in the gray, creative, flowy individual. So I can't speak to that. I have a diversity, I have an award-winning inclusion strategist. I, while I believe in equitable treatment and inclusivity, I don't know how to speak to it. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many, are marketing experts and tech founders and people that are simplifying the hustle and have created a framework around that and a neurosurgeon and like just people that I was like, there are people that can speak to this and all I need to do is sell them together. That's one. That's like the surface level aspect. But then the under part, which is my favorite, is that I get to extract all the great shit from them that they're doing and then be like, hey, if I was listening, here's how I would want to hear this. Like, could you just expand on that story a little bit? Remember that story you told me on the call? Can you add that story in and make it five minutes shorter? And I bet everyone would relate because I know I, my job is to advocate for the listener as a podcast producer, as a podcast network founder, my job is to advocate for the listener. And I'm like, if I was listening, if there were three type of listeners, someone that needed it audibly, someone that needed it visually, and someone that needed it audibly explained and in a visual aspect Mm -hmm. How can we do and hit all of that in one episode in a way that someone's like, holy shit, this was transformative. Mm -hmm. That. It was that.
0: And looks luxe. And feels luxe. You know, I really think whenever I listen to a podcast that's been produced by you and your team, I really think this is not the one where I'm going to be multitasking. And I think there's value for shows like that. For me, I I have to really check in with my energy. Is this something I'm listening to while the kids are, you know, talking in the background of the car? Is this something where I'm on a plane or is this something I need to sit in its appointment viewing? And I would just say that the majority of the shows that you produce feel like that ladder, mm. that ladder item where you really have, like, if if Kimberly is going to be talking to me about my career move, like I need to, I need to be there, right? Like if <laughs> Lamilla is going to be talking, like I need to really be there and hear it and rewind it because sometimes it's painful. Sometimes the conversations you've had with me, my favorite conversations have been where I was like, I need to step back. Cause like, if I react to it in the moment, like it's personal and it's never, I never feel like it's an attack. It's the opposite, but I'm like, okay, this person is trying to put the mirror up and help me see there's a reason. I asked her, there's a reason I put this episode on. Um, but I always think like, those are the moments that are like those deep. It reminds me of EMDR, right? Like yes. you have to go through this painful experience of reliving a low point in your life or acknowledging the mistakes that you made or releasing someone from responsibility that they should be taking. You have to feel that wound so painfully in order to let it go. And I really think the caliber of conversations that you've been able to curate have that for me. With that said... I have to imagine Jessica, that I'm still seeing the highlight reel right yeah. Like you are still running a business where it's about profit it's about team. you have a team that's something I struggle with as a leader. I put my head in the sand and say, well if I, I can't trust the people around me to do it to my level right so I'm just and, and I handy you know I, I really handicap myself in that way from growth. I look at someone like you that has a team and I think that's so aspirational but I also know that that can be a challenge. So when I met you, I didn't even know you were a podcast producer. I certainly didn't know you had a network. And I met you as Insta Podcasts. It's transformed into epic. You have this incredible vision. You're bringing on amazing hosts. You're bringing on amazing team members. But I have to imagine that you're still in the come up, right? You can't go through a cruise ship change like that. So talk to me about some of the things that maybe wouldn't be visible to somebody following you, following your team, following the amazing announcements about new shows. What are some of the things that right now you can acknowledge you're still kind of in the messy middle with as a leader?
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to say some things here. Um, One team management is not for the weak. Like to be putting people on pips and doing meetings on team members that are burned out and having to add things into the mix that I wasn't prepared for. Like adding in recently that every month a team member gets three paid days off. So we allocate a slot each month that is not during a busy week, which is usually one time a month. And it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they can have Saturday, Sunday, and it is paid. And a, we, we rotate that staff can have that. So it's one staff member each month so that I know you're doing the same thing on repeat. You need a break. I need you and your creative genius. I need us to not get in the zone where I'm disappointed with you. Then you make one more mistake and I'm more disappointed. And then we can't get back to our normal because I already know what you're good at. So like Mm -hmm. constantly having to reevaluate myself as a leader. Thank God I have someone that can assess me as a leader on the regular Like I have a leader. I mean, I have someone that I work with that assesses my leadership ability. That is very raw, real, and uncut, and will not let me like have excuses. Mm -hmm. I'm just closing my eyes because I can imagine what I always hear in my head is like, "Hey, they're not doing it because you're not doing it," and I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Shit!" Like, And realizing someone once
0: told me people can't meet expectations that you haven't set, and I that that hits me once a week. How can I be disappointed that someone didn't do the thing that I told them I was expecting them to do? Not me
1: expecting people you, to read my mind.
0: Right. Isn't that amazing that they can't do that? And when you're called out on it, you're like, oh, right. That was me. It's it's horrible as a leader, but I do find it so helpful to have that tool or that phrase.
1: And another thing that I think doesn't go accounted for enough is like, it's almost like you're building two businesses. Like I'm really, I'm going to toot my horn. I'm really good at sales and networking and marketing. What I've realized about myself as a team leader is when things are broken, they must be fixed immediately. And so that means I have to carve out time, stop what I'm doing, halt on whatever project. There have been two times this year that I have planned a vacation three months in advance. Both times I did not go. Because they were both situations where something had occurred in the business that was completely abrupt, unexpected, and things were falling apart. And it was, you going to be the janitor today. And that's it. And you will have to carve out time and make this work. Like, I am constantly saying this has, like, I'm stopping and I'm like, there's a fire and it has to be put out. You cannot put something over it or it's going to burn the whole business down like you have to be willing to assess what's working and not working, bringing something someone into my business that can talk to my team often, trusting my project manager, and then I say all of that to say you also have to learn to relinquish control because you cannot do everything and scale at the same time. You cannot do everything and scale at the same time. So like in order for you to trust the ability to scale, You got to take a back seat. You have to trust people to do their job. And that quote about uh, hire slow and fire quick is a thing. Anytime I've taken too long to fire somebody, it was my biggest mistake. Like I know, and I heard this not too long ago, and I've been living by it all of 2023, and it's very, very, very real. If you can scale to 30, 40, 50,000 as a solopreneur per month, you can can get to a couple hundred thousand with some good like-minded team members. You want to make more than a million dollars? Every single person that you pay better be an A-plus player. Mm -hmm. And so I've gone as far as doing the disc profile with all my staff members. We do like culture meetings where we just like talk and play. I know everything about them. They know they can come to me on a personal level. Um, But that, that doesn't make me money in my business. No. And keeping promises as a leader, oh my God. Every time we go through a rough client or something doesn't work, or I said, we're going to do it this way and we didn't meet timelines and it has something to do with the client or me. And I'm like, okay, we're going to finish this. But once we get through this, we're never going to take on a client again. And then I do, boy, I see (laughs) the, the performance, the lack of trust, everything goes downhill. And I'm like, that's my fault. Like, it's like parenting, You're just constantly Mm -hmm. assessing and then recreating and evolving and, and then don't even get me started on making the most money you've ever made in a year and not having shit to show for it. Yeah. And, and that sounds so so elementary, but it's not because I was overspending. It's because I wasn't charging what I should have been charging. uh, And it's, Looking, it's the margin, like literally, the margins becoming crumbles, and you can literally mm-hmm. blow them away. And increasing my expenses, increasing my staff, increasing our productivity, everything being effective, but the money not making sense. Yeah. And allowing people yeah. in my business to evaluate everything and go, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah.
0: And to me, yeah, it's so. Go ahead. It's it's just interesting. I apologize for interrupting you, but you know, it's one of the things that. Like one of the reasons I really wanted to have this show and have these conversations is that what I found is that these were the text threads that I was having with my million dollar CEO friends, right? And, or Voxer threads or what we would, we'd be in a hotel room at a conference where we all stepped off the stage and then we went and we talked the real talk, right? And it would be conversations like, yes, I'm a seven figure CEO, but I can't afford to do an owner sweep this month. Like, I could not afford to pay myself. Or, we had this balloon payment come up because so and so had, you know, this client had defaulted. All of these things, Jessica. And you can say, like, we talk a lot about gross revenue, like the big fun numbers. How much did I take in? But running a team and running a profitable business, they're such different things. And I hear so commonly CEOs like you learn that lesson the hard way I've learned it too, but where you, and it's like, sometimes it's a six month turnaround because if you're working with a client for six months or nine months or a longer retainer, it's not like you can go in and renegotiate this thing that you've already committed to. So you have to be making these changes in real time while serving. And it's painful, isn't it?
1: it's so painful. I have a new advisor and he said I have two. Um a mentor and an advisor and my advisor said to me the other day he started asking me all these questions and I was like good questions, like KPI questions. And I was like mm-hmm. he was like tell me more about your cash burn rate, tell me more about your like your turnover rate, like tell me more about, you know, your monthly uh is it? Uh, Value per client. Oh, your MRR, your ARR,
0: you're getting all of the jargons. You're going to be, oh man, it's, it's a whole thing. You're going to be doing a SIM. Oh, he gave me over a hundred data data points,
1: a hundred data points. And I was like, I only have some of this. And he was like, yeah. And then, so we talked for an hour, went through everything. And he said at the end, he was like, well, let me tell you something good about you. I was like, okay. He's like, you, can market like there's nobody's business. I can tell you know how to make some money. Like, I will never worry about that with you. He was like, but do you know the stat about how like, and I forget the percentage, I don't want to misquote him, but he said the percentage of people that fail in business after five years. I said, yeah.
0: Oh, I think it's 20 it's a 20% success rate or or at least that's the last that I heard. 20% of businesses will still be operating I after five. I
1: think years. he said 21%. That's what it was. He was like 21% yeah, of businesses only so- make it past the five-year mark. And he was like, "What yeah. year are you at?" And I was like, "5. <laughs> Fuck, 5." And he was like, "Yeah. <laughs> if you don't if we don't dig into this, that's what's going to happen here." And I was like, you can make this much money Mm -hmm. and think, you know, everything. And I don't think that, but you can feel like you're experiencing everything. You're paying tons of money every month, staff, overhead, all the things and being like, oh, I can't keep going like this. This will not work. And then the other was my mentor saying, hey, this isn't that bad. This is very normal. We can fix this, but you need to find 30 days in your, in your, in this next calendar year that you're not working. And I was like, wow, what? She's like, yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but like you can't work on the business and in the business at the same time. So you're going to need to find 30 days that you're not working in the business. And I was like, when? And she was like, you need to give me at least three weeks. We can fix it, but you got to get out of it for three weeks. And I was like, I can't find two days like that part. And I think, that That's, and I want to mention this third lesson is that shit you see on the internet, and excuse my language, that is not most people. There might be a few and far between that you believe that that is true, and it's great. But I will go on record and say this to make half a million dollars in my business gross and can't figure out one day a week that I'm not working because when I don't, I see the effects of it immediately. People are like, oh, you're doing so great. You're traveling so much. You're doing blah, 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 blah. I can't not work a single day. I can't. I'm not in that place yet. I haven't learned how to run this business in a way like, yeah, I can take days off when I'm sick. I can take days off when I need to do important things, but I can't take a vacation yet and have made a half a million dollars in my business and cannot figure that out yet because that stuff you're seeing on the internet, it might be true for some people, but it's not true for me not to serve at the level that we're trying to serve at. We're not there yet.
0: But you will be. I mean, I I do this, Just This is what I do. And there's no question in my mind that when you have the ability to sell and market, when you are really focusing on high integrity people with stories to tell, like all of the other things are learnable. And I'm want for you and I want for all of our listeners, I'd love to accelerate that. But I will tell you what I know your mentors have probably told you what your friends have told you, which is that I would always rather be either be or be working with somebody who has the idea has a profitable idea, has an offer that is selling, has too much demand for the supply, is getting crushed by bandwidth and structure and logistics. Like that is all fixable. It's the people that figure out how to run everything efficiently and then don't have the program, don't have the offer, that ultimately you can't, it's hard to fix a bad offer. You've got the offer. And I love that you're sharing so openly that you're still in the figuring it out phase. So let me leave you with this or this one question. And I imagine that what your answer is today isn't what you would have told me two years ago, isn't what you'll tell me two years from now. So let's make a date. We're going to have this conversation again and we're going to see what your answer is. But right now in this moment, what would being rich in real life mean, feel like, look like to you? Is it a number? Is it a revenue number? Is it a feeling? Is it something to do with the parenting, the business? Tell me what rich in real life looks like for Jessica Hurley right now.
1: Less. It's just less. I just had this conversation with someone and oh, I just had this conversation two days ago and I've never been more excited. So this is like, again, trusting the gut and your intuition. Like I have this beautiful apartment that I live in with floor to ceiling windows. I've been here for two years. It's a smack dab in the middle of channel side. We have experienced so much joy and love here and just like entertainment and things to do with my son. And it's been so safe and I'm giving it up in November because I've decided like, I've done such an assessment and I'm like, there's two things I can do because you get in your mid thirties and there's something that happens where you're like, I like this, but I don't think this was the life I wanted. But I also know that I'm a go-getter and there's like certain things that I love and I want and I'm chasing and I'm after and I'm convinced. I will, I'm like, I will get these things and I need to do these things. But there's just been something lately where I'm like, what are all the things that are lacking about the life I desired? Time. Routine. I don't have the time to work out the way I want to and stay healthy and cook good dinners with my son. I don't have the time to pick up a hobby and ride bikes or rollerblade or go outside with my son right now. I don't have the time. And there's just been something lately where I'm like, I got two options here. I can take less business or I can be responsible for less so that I can continue going in my business. And so I just had this moment not too long ago, this very come to Jesus with myself where I was like, less. Less, right now my rich in real life, which will probably be different in two years is less is more. Less, and it's less in so many aspects. It's less friends. It's less responsibility. It's it's less of the things that put an insurmountable amount of pressure on me. Mm-hmm. It's And it's building the community around me and my son so that I can take a load off because I realized some of the things that are the most integral to the success of my business and where I'm trying to take this big vision, this epic media, evolve past your consciousness media. Like, I need more time to be creative, I need more time to be present, I need more deep, intimate connection with myself and the people that I love. And I have been doing nothing but scraping away my ability to make time for that because of the pressure that I have. And so I know a lot of people would hear that and they'd be like, well, don't do so much in business. There's part of that in the plan too. I'm letting go a lot of our clients to take on a few big clients a year. And I'm also preparing my team to handle some of the clients that we're going to keep so that I can just handle the bigger ones. And I'm like, I'm in this obsession with, and I said to the person I had this conversation with the other day, I said, I've never been more excited to have the time to figure out what it is that I really want because I have not had that time. And so this less season of my life, I'm hoping and praying, like I keep picturing myself like riding bikes on the causeway and more walks on the beach and like actually being present for Christmas and just all these things that I'm like, I want less so that I can have more on my personal life and see where that takes me.
0: Well, I'm so cheering for you, you know that. And I'm so thankful that whatever this next step is, that you are going to be sharing it authentically as you have shared all of the other things. I love that you have already gotten proof from the universe that when you are authentic and when you're sharing it in the messy middle, that good things happen. And I know that hearing someone like you really say that the goal is not more, 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 faster, faster, faster. It's taking deeper breaths. Yes. It's being present. It's being creative. There's no question in my mind that that is going to get you to where you and your team want and deserve to go. So you know you've got a huge cheerleader in me. You have made a big impact on me and on My confidence and obviously in launching this show. So thank you for all of that. And I truly can't wait to hear what's next for you, even as you slow down and do less.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for pushing play on this concept of hard costs, because I think the world is craving more transparency. I think founders are craving more transparency. Like I saw a video the other night on the internet of someone finally saying like, why does everybody want VC funding? Like, what are you thinking? And went into this whole thing about the expectations and how it changes the, you you have to have a board and it changes your business. And I was like, finally, more of this, like more transparency because there's so many people selling the beautiful highlight reel of business so that they can sell more business. And it's like, let's talk about what's real. We're not having a complaining fest. We're not you know being Debbie Downer is about it but there is a there is polarity to ownership there is polarity to being a founder running a team and having a tremendous impact and it radiates through all parts of your life as a parent as a friend as a as a partner as a founder it radiates through all parts of your life and you have to figure out how to navigate it in a way that it is the healthiest somewhat balanced fruitful and impactful for not only you and the people you serve But everyone in your life, and at any given point, if you're ever going to believe in God, the universe, spirituality, whatever it is that you choose to believe in, you have to understand that whether you take deeper breaths, you pause, you fail, you 10x speed, whatever you're doing, you're going to get there anyway. Mm -hmm. And I trust that I'm going to get there anyway. I always have 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, I survive. 10 out of 10. We always survive. So,
0: I can't think of a better place to leave it. Jess, thank you again for your time, for your message. And I can't wait for people to follow along your journey and listen to your podcast, watch everything that's on the horizon for Epic. And again, just such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you again. Thank you, Katie. Now you heard this toward the end of the conversation, but I think it's worth repeating. Jessica is the co-founder of Epic. And Epic stands for Evolve Past Past your consciousness. And it is a podcast network and a platform connecting conscious creators to conscious listeners. And again, I'm so thankful to be a part of Epic as I move forward with hard costs. And I'm so deeply appreciative that you listened to this conversation with Jessica and all of the conversations that I share on the show. Now, if you want to listen to Jessica's incredible podcast, it's called Rich in Real Life with Jessica Hurley. You can find it on all of the platforms and YouTube. You can also follow Jessica on her personal account. It's at Jessica Hurley with two underscores at the end. That's on Instagram at Jessica Hurley underscore underscore. And she shares so many interesting tidbits about business and life and episodes of podcasts that she has produced that I think you'll find inspiring as well as conversations with other creators who are outside of the epic community. She also talks more about her parenting journey, what it's like to be pursuing relationships, whether that's romantic or friendship or collegial and everything in between. And I really think that you will appreciate hearing Jessica's story and her perspective. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for rating and reviewing Hard Costs. It means so much to me. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. My hope is that through someone else's journey, you're able to find what you need to keep going because a rising tide lifts all boats. Doing business is hard, but none of us has to navigate it alone. So make sure you share this with a friend or a colleague who needs to hear this message. And I would love for you to write a review so we can keep getting these incredible founder stories to as many people as possible. If you liked this episode and want to learn more about my services or would like to book me as a speaker for your next event, head to katiewidrick.com. I'll see you on the next episode of Hard Costs.